Ciao Bianconeri! Hello and welcome everybody to the Bianconeri Show. I'm glad you guys are here today. My name is AJ and I'm joined here by my lovely co-host Martina. Hey guys, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good Martina. How did you enjoy these, uh, these last two games that we had I mean, the first one was a little bit disappointing, but today against Inter, it was it was exciting. Yep, we witnessed a Derby d'Italia in a preseason game. It was uh, pretty interesting. It was fun to see um, the team get together uh, for both Tottenham and Inter games, but we'll get a little bit more into that later. Today is going to be a very interesting and exciting podcast talking about the two games that we had in the past week and also some transfer news. Of course, of course. It's always fun to talk about transfer news to see uh, who's on the radar to join Juve or to leave Juve. Yes, exciting, exciting stuff coming up. But let's just jump right into the first game against Tottenham. Yeah, so it was uh, an interesting game. Obviously, we... Uh, got the loss, a 3-2 win for Tottenham. Um, but overall, I think uh, it was a very interesting way to see how Sarri was going to you know, put the team after four years of Allegri pretty much being completely defensive-minded. Um, it was interesting to see how the team would adapt in such a short amount of time uh, for Sarri. It will take some time for the team to actually play the way that Sarri wants, but it's only preseason, it's only the first game. We didn't play as I thought we would, but we still have time to improve. Yeah, the thing is, I think a lot of people had expectations that the team would come out and play, you know, Sarri ball to perfection after what, maybe max two weeks of training with him. I mean, it's it's a little ridiculous to think that a team could do a 180 turn and change their play style completely in such a short amount of time. It's obviously going to take some time for these players to adapt. Um, they have to change their complete, you know, what they're what they've been used to for the past few years under under Allegri. Um, and you know, there's still a month until the Serie A starts, so they still have time to perfect it. And if you think about it, a lot of players are also new, so they also need to adapt to the team and to the style of Starri. That will take some time. Of course, of course. I mean, Raviot is obviously new, Demiral is new, uh, Delit is new, Buffon is back, so he hasn't been with the team for a little bit. And Higuain uh, also was out for two yeah, years. Yeah, and Higuain as well. He had, a, he had a decent match against Tottenham. He obviously grabbed the goal in the second half after Cristiano scored his. Honestly, I really liked how Iguain and Ronaldo played with each other on the first game. It was it was exciting. I didn't expect it. You know, I'm not completely convinced on Iguain. I know after the first game, um, a lot of people jumped on the Iguain train because he scored the goal. And, you know, he had a decent match. But I don't know. Today, I didn't see him as I wanted to see him. Uh, even I, after the first game, thought, okay, you know, maybe it'll be okay with Iguain. But... To be honest, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see him adapting to Sarri's play. He's a little bit slow. Um, he's not that dynamic player up front that we need. I 
I agree with what you're saying, but if you think that when the teams goes back to Serie A and will have that speed of Douglas Costa, I think that will help a lot with the slowliness of Iguain. Yeah, but it also depends because let's say we play Iguain and Cristiano up top, that means that there's only place for one more. So we're going to have to choose between Bernardeschi, Dybala, Douglas Costa, you know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, Cuadrado as well. Um, whoever takes that number nine role, I think, has to be a dynamic player, someone who can move, someone who can pass, someone who's fast to chase to chase down a ball, and also someone who can pressure the defense. Because you know we've seen the past few, the past two, the past two games that Sarri likes to pressure the defense, and uh, even today versus Inter at the beginning of the second half, uh, we almost grabbed the goal just by pressing the goalie and pressing the defense in the back line. We did that a lot. And against Tottenham as well. I saw Matuidi all the way up pressuring and we almost got it. If we do that every single game, we're going to put some balls in the goal. Of course. I mean, that's, you know, that's Sarri's style. He likes to press. He likes to put the defense under pressure. But that also leaves holes in the middle, as we saw, you know, these past two games. I mean, some runs that... Inter made it was just completely open I mean we can see Rabiot and and Pjanic chasing behind them trying to catch up and there was just an enormous gap in the middle of the field and Cancelo also was always up top but when it was time to come back he wasn't there always yeah but I mean that's that's just you know like we said before the team has to finish adapting to Sarri and to the way he plays eventually um, he's going to find out those details and hopefully we're going to be the same threat that we've been in the past few years. I really hope that Sarri does something with Cancelo, either helps him adapting to the team or helps him defending more because he's an amazing player, but he has that problem of sometimes not coming back and helping the defense. I mean, we know that Cancelo is not a defensive player. He's not a defensive-minded player and he's not very good at defending at all. Um, I think it's just something that we're going to have to get used to. He, you know, he can sort out the technical details and uh, how to wait for the man and how to pressure and all of this. But, you know, it's he's not a defensive minded player. He's not like the Shilio. He's going to be going up and he's going to be leaving gaps in the back. And it's just, you know, it's on the team to fill those gaps and to avoid the counterattacks and the counterattack goals. And something that I really also liked from both games, actually, is that the strikers, well, Bernardeschi and Iguain, both were defending. They were helping the defense. They were all the way down trying to get the ball and pushing the team back up. Something that it wasn't seen before. Yeah, I mean, Sarri even said, um, I expect the 10 players on the field to come back and defend. And and 10 you know, not counting Ronaldo because uh, he said that Ronaldo needs to be in a free role and he's, he needs to be, you know, up top doing what he does best, scoring goals, not, you know, coming back and defending because obviously, you know, he can press the defense and all this, but he's not going to be coming back. We we bought him for 100 million for one reason and one reason only, and that's to score goals. So I think he had a point there. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just for the team to adapt to Sarri's play and um, get used to the way he plays. For sure. And something that I personally really liked and was impressed is that our both both our goalies, instead of just throwing the ball, you know, they were actually passing it to the defenders and actually playing, being active in the game and not just throwing it up there. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Sarri's style, he likes to come out from the back passing the ball. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I got scared a couple of times seeing Buffon uh, coming out with the passes and, and Chesney as well. But we see the pass around the back and even today Conte tried to exploit that and uh, pressure with the pressure. But um, I think the team is doing well. I mean, we can see their passing abilities has uh, has increased a lot. Apart from Matuidi, which today had a terrible first half. Um, even one pass he just threw into the into the stands. But um, against Tottenham, he also didn't really play that good. Yeah, he he's had a, a he's tough lacking. few days. Um, today I read on Twitter that Sarri took him because he wanted to see, you know, he wanted to test him out, see how if he could adapt to his play. And I think two games was enough for him to realize that. I think it's time for Matuidi to go. It is indeed. But yeah, I mean, you at Tottenham, um, what did you think of the two goals that we scored? The first goal, Iguain's goal, was amazing. I loved how the team, the entire team from De Chilio to Ronaldo to Pjanic played together to score. Iguain just put it in the right way. Yeah, we saw an example of that Sarri ball that everybody's been talking about. That tiki-taka. Um, yeah, that tiki-taka style, passing the ball around and eventually getting, you know, the striker one-on-one with the goalie and boom, he slid it into the right side of the net. I think it took a deflection off of the defender, but um, regardless, it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, I'm so happy that he actually scored and he, he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that he had a tough year. Um you know, six months at Milan and then six months at Chelsea. Uh, it wasn't his best. He couldn't get into form. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where he ends up. I don't think he's going to stay at Juve. Obviously, Roma really want him and Juve are keen on selling him. So I think he's going to end up um, at the Yellow Rossi. We'll see. We'll see. Do you want him to stay? To be honest... I didn't want it. And then when I saw him singing, he was just so happy, so excited to be back. And I mean, he's just pressing so much to stay. So maybe maybe we'll do something good. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, from a from a football standpoint, you know, can Iwain match the goals that maybe Cardi or possibly Neymar or Chiesa can put into the back of the net? Out of those three, I would rather have Chiesa. Because both of the other two, Neymar and, and Icardi, just bring so many problems. Uh, Neymar with, you know, his candles and he gets just injured a lot. And Icardi bringing all the drama. Chiesa, he's just young and successful. So I think out of those three, I would rather have Chiesa, but I think it's going to be hard. So I don't know. Yeah, I really like Chiesa. Um, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. He's strong. He's hungry. Um, he really wants to play the game, and he obviously really wants to come to Juve. Uh, Fiorentina's new management obviously doesn't want him to let him go. And uh, I saw the pictures of him in New York yesterday with the team. He just doesn't look happy over there. I don't know why they insist on keeping him when they can, you know, make some money. Um, obviously, it's a team in reconstruction. So why not take the money and, you know, invest it into a player that's hungry, that wants to be there and will put his all. Uh, usually when players stay, you know, um, without choice, 
they don't perform as well as they could. Yeah, I completely agree, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I just hope that the other two don't come and Chiesa will be the right person for us. I mean, but out of those three, there's no doubt that Neymar is the most talented. For sure, but also I don't think there's a high possibility of him joining Juventus. I mean, you never know. Diwala is reported that he's open to leaving and PSG are interested in him, so why not slot in a deal for him? Maybe, maybe, but the thing is that I don't want to spend that much money on a player like him. Well, there were reports that said that there was a possibility of a Dybala plus Matuidi plus cash swap for Neymar. Um, I don't know, would you be open to that kind of swap? It depends on how much cash. I mean, if it's a couple millions, but if it's more than, you know, 60, 70, then no way. Well, at what PSG are valuating uh, Neymar, I think it would probably be Dybala and Matuidi plus around 40 to 60 million, which is obviously a lot to give up for one player, but... You know, it would be a world-class player. I don't know. I'm still not convinced with this deal. That's fine. I mean, I actually put out a poll on Twitter um, to see what people thought about it. And 61% said yes to the potential swap. 34% no. And and 5% said depending on how much cash. So, I mean, out of 61 votes, 61% said yes. Um, I don't know. I think Juventini would love to see him in a in a UA jersey. Okay, but what happens if literally after the fourth game he gets injured and bye-bye? Yeah, but I mean, that's the risk you take when you sign, you know, such a, a high-rated player. Just like Delete, you know, Delete cost us $75 million and he could, God forbid, get injured and, you know, that's it. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what happens? Neymar is definitely a world-class player, but in my opinion, I don't see him coming, but we never know. Yeah, we'll see what um, the Juve management and Paratici surprises us with, which uh, obviously lately the Twitter, the Twitter world of Juve has been raving about. Um, you know, FFP is no longer financial fair play. It's now Fabio effing Paratici. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't see that on the Twitter world since I'm not out there a lot, but <laughs> he's the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny because he's brought in, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo last year. Um, now Rabiot for free, Ramsey for free. Delete. Delete the signing of the, of the summer. He also brought Cancelo last year. Yeah, he's uh, he stepped up his game, and Juve has definitely stepped up their game in the last few years. Yeah, but now let's just go back to the games. I want to know what you think of the midfield. Emre Can, Pjanic, Matuidi, Rabiot. You know, uh, a lot of people on Twitter seem to be 100% confident that Juve needs a world-class midfielder. Um from what I've seen in the last few days, there's obviously a lot of work to do with the players that we have, but I don't think that, you know, it's absolutely necessary that the Juve, that Juve has to go out there and buy a world-class midfielder like Eriksen or like Pogba or like uh, Isco or someone like that. I mean, for me, Rabiot is going to be the sensation of this of this season. Um, he's played two magnificent games against Tottenham and Inter. Um, 
he has a pass that we've been missing to connect the defense to the midfield to the attack. Uh, he's big, he's strong, he cuts the midfield, he recovers the ball, uh, he's hard to take down. He does it all. Yeah, he does it all. I, you know, I'm really excited to see him play, and I think he's going to become that uh, that world-class midfielder that everybody wants to see. Yeah, I think he will run the midfield. Do you think he's going to have more impact than Pjanic in games, or Pjanic will still have, you know, controller? You see, I, I, I feel like Pjanic has lowered his level a little bit, and I feel like Raviot will take over that midfield, and he's the one that's going to be running it. Uh, this upcoming season. I saw Pjanic more active in the games. In each play, he was there helping the defense, helping the, the attacking, helping basically everyone, which it wasn't something you saw last year with Allegri. Yeah, Pjanic is taking over that Jorginho role that Sarri had at Chelsea. And, you know, he's been doing a good job. He obviously has the skill set to do it. He has that amazing pass. Um... But still, I think just Raviot is going to be commanding that midfield. He comes down and recovers the ball. He goes up and, you know, he put a pass in through Ronaldo uh, that left him one-on-one with the goalkeeper today. You know, he just, he has it all. And once he gets into form, he gets, you know, better fitness. Obviously, he missed uh, a couple a couple games last year. I think he's going to be, you know, that world-class player. And he's still young, so he has a lot of room to grow. Yeah, definitely. And someone I also really liked in these two games was Emre Can. I think he played very, very good. I feel he's a little bit underrated, but he can definitely grow. I mean, to be honest, I didn't uh, I didn't see much of him. Uh, he didn't really stand out to me. Raviot is the only one in the midfield that really stood out to me. The rest, I think, were kind of just doing their jobs, which is, which is good. So I want to switch over and talk about the defense a little bit. Uh, we can analyze the four goals that we got scored against. Um, obviously, I think Kane's wonder goal was completely, you know... Out of the world. <laughs> yeah, it was just out of this world. I think uh, Chesney was not at fault at all. If anything, it was Raviot who lost the ball in the, middle of, in, the, in the middle of the pitch. And then Kane just had, you know, the experience and the killer instinct to put it right over, right over Chesney, so... And talking about fault, I know that they leaked today, scored an own goal against Inter. And in my opinion, it was definitely not the leaked's fault. The fault was made before. Pjanic and Cancelo was a little bit outside and an Inter player just, you know, came from the outside and they weren't there to stop him. And Rabiot and Higuain tried their best to, you know, get that header, at first, but the lead just tried to do his best to just block it. Yeah, I think, first of all, the header should have been blocked at the front post. Um, like you said, Cancelo and Pjanic were just standing there watching these three players come in, and then Gagliardini, you know, he got the he got the header at the front post and then just put it in the way, and all momentum was leading towards goal. Um, obviously, the lead was running towards the goal that that makes the clearance difficult enough. And then right behind him, he had the pressure of the other striker, um, who if the lead missed the ball or anything, the Inter player would have knocked it in. So obviously, you know, he's young, he still has room to improve, and I'm sure he'll be working on that. Um, 
But overall, I think the Leeds had an amazing game. I was reading, you know, people are fed up with him after only two games. Yeah, so many, so many bad, bad vibes from people yeah. about the Leeds. I, I'm just, I'm not feeling this hate. You know, he had an amazing game. He had three or four amazing clearances. He had that one-on-one that he beat, um, that he beat Perisic on the left side of the pitch, uh, which was an amazing stop. Uh, he had a couple blocks in there, and the 45 minutes that he played, I think he played an amazing game. I'm just, I don't understand where all this hate is coming from. I mean, the kid joined the team six days ago, and. He's had a couple training sessions and, you know, 30 minutes of gameplay uh, in the first game versus Tottenham. I think he did an amazing job and, you know, all he's going to do is improve. So all these people that are saying, oh, do we have, you know, a a 30 day guarantee bonus or something like that uh, to return him to Ajax? I'm just, you know, I'm just frustrated with these people. But anyways, you know, he's going to have big things coming his way regardless. Um, I'm excited. I hope he plays on... Friday, uh, at least 45 minutes. So, yeah, um, I was personally very impressed by by his per- performance. I actually was counting um, and anal- analyzing his game, and he actually had eight defensive actions, um, counting clearances, blocks, and duels won. And I mean, that's absolutely amazing. He had most of all the other players. And I mean, that's just crazy from a player that has been there for just a couple of days. Yeah, another player who had an amazing game today, you know, Demiral, I think he was... A whoa, beast. He played incredible. He had, again, against uh, against Perisic on the left-hand side, he had that... He, he took a sprint back and just cleared the ball when Perisic was about to shoot, and that was a, that was a real threat on goal. It was absolutely amazing. I'm excited to what he can bring to the team. And talking about Demiral, do you think that Demiral or Rugani will actually have more playing time in, you know, later on in Serie A? I think it's too early to tell right now. Uh, Demiral has obviously had an amazing game today, but Rugani also wasn't bad. Um, we saw that amazing slide tackle that he had towards the end of the game, um, and everybody's surprised. I think, you know, he realizes that Delit and Demiral are there, and they're putting pressure on him to to be better and to play better and it's about time because you know Juve had put you know their hopes and their confidence in him and up to until today really he hasn't demonstrated what he's capable of and I think that Sarri also is putting a lot of pressure since Sarri loves him and he was there since the beginning for from him with him yeah he he um he came up with Sarri at Empoli and yeah, I mean, I guess we're just gonna have to see what what Sarri's plans are. But I think whoever puts in the work and is gonna be playing better is gonna eventually get the the starting lineup. Definitely, a lot of good things coming up for Demiral. Yeah, and like I said, you know, he had a pretty amazing game. He had a couple clearances as well, and then to put the icing on the top of the cake and the cherry, he had the final penalty that, you know, it looked like Juve were going to win the penalty shootout after Buffon, uh, he got two saves. He guessed every side of the penalty kick from Inter. And then Raviot, unfortunately, you know, I'm really, I'm really high on this guy. I really think he's class. Unfortunately, he skyrocketed that penalty, which was, uh, it was just disgusting penalty. And then Bernardeschi with the penalty to the bar, to the top bar, 
Um, but disappointing. Gigi, yeah, yeah, very disappointing from those two players. But but Gigi came in and and saved the show. Yeah, he got the the last penalty, the penalty number six save, and then Demiral came cool as ice and slotted it in in the bottom right corner. Amazing, amazing, amazing penalty kicks. Yeah, I'm glad we got the the draw. Oh, what about that free kick? But from from Cristiano Ronaldo. Finally, finally, he made that free kick goal. Yeah, we've been waiting uh, an entire year for this moment. It kind of sucks that it came in during preseason, but uh, but it came. It finally came. Hopefully, I accept it. I accept it. I'm happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and against Inter, I mean, we can't ask for much more. Um, hopefully, this is the start of his free kick uh comebacks yeah his comeback and free kicks it's been a while since he scored one um for a club but overall it was nice to get that extra point from the penalty kicks and also from the draw obviously it's just um a friendly a friendly tournament but it's always nice to not lose to inter and the streak continues it's always nice to bring those points home mostly when it's against inter for sure for sure and speaking of inter uh, what do you think about the possible Icardi deal? I heard that Napoli had offered 50 million uh, to Inter today, but they want 80. I mean, as I said before, and I'll keep saying this, I don't really want to see Icardi at Juve just because of the drama he can bring. But 80 million, I think it's a little bit too much for him. I would accept a lower price, such as 50 or 60, but 80, it's it's a little bit too much for him. Yeah, 80 is definitely uh, is way too much for Icardi. Overpriced. Especially since he wants to leave so badly, since Inter wants him out. But Napoli are now putting the pressure on Juve. Um, if Juve want him, you know, they're going to have to go out there and maybe even pay the big bucks for him. If Icardi joins Napoli, I mean, there's going to be a lot of competition in Serie A this year. Yeah, Napoli are going to have a pretty stacked team. Uh, Inter, depending on who they bring in, are going to be, you know, there's going to be three really good teams. And even Milan are starting to buy people. Now, their last, you know, big rumor of Angel Correa for 50 million, that to me is a big move you know for a player who is not that established and apparently they also want Hamas now yeah I mean now they're gonna get into the race for Hamas um from what I've read Atleti pretty much have it wrapped up but you never know um we saw last season Malcolm was heading to Roma and then Barcelona you know they swooped in and just grabbed him we'll see it's gonna be definitely an exciting Exciting season. Yeah, every year they said yeah is becoming more more competitive, so it's gonna be exciting to see it come back to the level that it once was. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. But something that I'm not so excited about is Dybala leaving. Uh yeah, so Dybala um, apparently he's going to have a talk with Sarri to see what Sarri's plans are with him um, if he's going to be centered in those plans where exactly on the pitch he's going to be playing um, Sarri obviously came out the other day saying that he sees Dybala playing as a false nine um, or right behind two strikers which is another interesting comment that Sarri made um, I don't know but now reports are coming out that you know, Dybala's open to leaving and you know, with Manchester United and PSG interested, um, 
it's going to be exciting to see what Sarri's plans are with him and if he's even in his plans. If we sell him, we can definitely get some big bucks in our pockets. Yeah, you were evaluating him at around 100 million. Um, and if he goes, along with Manzuki, Jiwain, Keen, you know, we're going to have to spend some money and bring in somebody, somebody big. Pogba, Neymar, Icardi, who knows? I don't know. There's been a lot of names, you know, around the around the Juve squad. A lot of people want to come, especially now. You know, Juve are a are a main game player in not only in the Serie A but in Champions League and all around European football. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Now everyone wants to be a Juve player. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's good, but um, we're gonna have to see you know who exactly fits into Sarri's uh, into Sarri's game and all of that. Um, the one transfer news that does have me kind of bummed out is the fact that Keane might be leaving to Everton. If we sort out a deal with an option to buy back, I would actually accept it because, and you know, for the amount of money that Juve wants, because he can, at Juve is not going to have that playing time. And if he goes to Everton, he will definitely play in Premier League with some amazing teams and you know, grow a lot. Where at Juve, you know, sadly, he's not going to have that playing time. Yeah, there's no doubt that the kid has talent. Uh, he demonstrated it last year with Juve in the few games that he was able to play. And he was actually the only player in Serie A to average less than 100 minutes per goal. He actually averaged 89.3 minutes per goal in the few games that he played, which is amazing. I mean, he also uh, demonstrated himself in the U21 uh, Euros. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see him get some playing time. Obviously, if Juve are able to sell him for that 40 million that they're evaluating him at, um, it's a big price. But if they're able to sell him with a buyback clause... I was reading that they were looking to buy him back um, around 50 to 60 million, which is, I think, a complete steal for Juve. Um, and he's going to be getting that first team playing time at a team that's, you know, uh, they have some history in the Premier League and he's going to have some quality players around him like Richarlson um, and playing at that high level. Plus, it'd also be fun to have him in the Premier League fantasy uh, little game that we play. So. You should join our league. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll link the league in all of our uh, social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at Bianconetti Show, on Facebook and Instagram at The Bianconetti Show. And on our personal at Juve Designer and at Juve AJ. With that being said, I think, uh, I think we covered everything that we were going to. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add, Martina? Nothing special, just... Let us know in the comments what you think, your feedback. And if you want to be our guest in the podcast, just message us directly or the Bianconetti show. And we will be super glad to have you. Yeah, for sure. We already have some people lined up that uh, have messaged us and they want to be on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Of course, message us if you do want to be on the podcast. And one more thing, the next UVIG match is against the K-League All-Stars. That'll be this coming Friday, July 26th at 7 a.m. Eastern time or 1 p.m. Italian time. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, we expect to see... 
you know the kind of the same the same gameplay that we saw against uh, Tottenham and Inter, kind of getting the physical uh, of the players up, getting the tactics down, and seeing how well Sarrival uh, can uh, evolve. Let's let's give our predictions. My prediction is going to be a four-one um, Juventus. I think it'll be two-nil. I'm hoping the defense uh, organizes and we're able to keep that clean sheet. And two goals from the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's hope for the best. But guys, let us know in the comments what you think the prediction for the game will be. So yeah, let us know. But that is it for today, guys. And as always, Forza Forza Juve. Juve! Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Ciao, Bianconeri.